It's Friday, and therefore, it's podcast time. Well, Friday for me. Of course, for you, it's probably Thursday, because that's when the podcast comes out. Unless you don't listen to the podcast when it comes out. And if that's you, then I'd like you to unsubscribe from the podcast right now and really have a think about your loyalties to the Boondogger community. Do you want to be a Boondogger? Then you've got to listen to it on a Thursday. But for me, this is Friday. So it's podcast day. Let's get recording. I'm Alex Boone, and this is the Boondoggle Podcast. And if you don't know by now, it's a story. No, it's not a story. This is real life. It's a podcast where I just kind of, well, I tell stories. Some of them are from a book that I found. Some of them are from my own life and memory. But are they true memories or are they false Because, as you may know, our memories aren't fact. When you remember stuff, you're just remembering the last time you remembered it. So, when I tell you these stories that are from my memory, I may think they're true. But, if you do some deep research and find out, like, that someone else involved in it won't corroborate the story, then I'm just, you know, it's my defence now... Uh, memories of false. So, there you go. Alright, uh, yeah, I'm reporting to you now from, um, Tier 3 Manchester. I was quite, um, quite glad to be in Tier 3. When, because there was rumours we were going to get in Tier 3 uh, a few weeks ago. I was kind of excited, you know, part of the cool gang. Got Liverpool in tier three. And uh yeah, I thought, ooh. The bad boys. Manchester, part of the bad boys, you know, back of the class. Um so and then we were kind of then Andy said, Come on, we're good guys really. Or we'll be bad boys if you give us money. And so then we ended up we're back with the bad boys um, of the country now. Um, you know, you know. Some people might not think it's cool not to follow the rules, and in reality, it's not. But you've got to try and put a positive spin on these things. Here's my positive spin. I got on the news um, the other day when all this stuff was going on. It was uh, when was it? Tuesday. Yeah. All the Andy was saying, Andy Burnham was saying, can we have some more money? Boris was saying no. And then, so outside the Manchester Library, which is right by where I work, all the news teams were setting up. And I went downstairs from work, from the office, to to get some biscuits um, from the Tesco next door. And what did I see on the TV and reception? But the film crew 
were filming outside the library. So I thought, this is my chance. And I was wearing a bright blue shirt, and I, um, I ran out, and then I walked behind the camera in my bright blue shirt, and then uh, I turned around and walked back behind the camera again. So if you're watching the news uh, uh, about just after 2pm in the afternoon on Tuesday, the, the something of, so today's 23rd, 22nd, 20th, Tuesday the 20th of October, uh, probably, I think it's probably BBC News 24 and you saw a man who looked like maybe he'd forgotten something and uh, had to turn back on himself. That was me, just trying to get my moment in the sun. I could have used that opportunity to do some uh, boondoggle promotion, but didn't think of it at the time. But anyway, we're in tier three now, and doesn't feel too different at the moment. But who knows? This could be the start of the great north-south divide. And who would I join? Because by birth I'm a southerner, but... I've lived in the north for almost five years now, probably five years. So if if this if the north was a nation, I'd be enough to be nationalised by now. I could play for the um, yeah the north football team if they'd have me. Let's not get caught up in that though. We're gonna check back in with um, our boy. Toby McNaughty. And if you were listening last week, then you'll probably know that he had um, just found out the location of the Lovely Life head office and he was going to head off and try and track down his love, Jennifer. When a man loves a woman he's seen on TV It's a love that keeps him wedged in his own city Now Toby McNaughty Will track her down On a quest to find If true love knows no bounds And this story is called All Aboard the Lorry Toby stood on the main road out of Todmerton, thumb out, rucksack full of tut. The few cars that went past would honk and head for the nearest puddle that would sufficiently cover him in muck. What wrong Alright, let's get into Toby. Not into him. Into the voice of him. Okay. Hello. What wrong with people, eh, legs? A bit of kindness and it goes a long way. People forget that. Oh, oh, bloody hell. You'd think a man with legs like mine would get a special treatment. What's that? Oh, fuck's sake. Honk, honk. Gin Laurie. He shielded his face, bracing himself for a hell of a splash. But it never came. He tentatively eased his hands from his face to see the lorry waiting for him. The driver beckoned him in. Hey, up, legs. What in goodness in the world? He climbed aboard the lorry and said, London. So he's going to talk like old um, Connell from... Marianne, what are you doing? Oh, Marianne. Oh, I 
there or thereabouts. And they set off. Oh, Marianne, what are you doing? Oh, ma- oh, I don't know. I That's not the kind of thing I mean to. Okay. Oh, I, there or thereabouts. And they set off on their merry way. Your kindness is much appreciated, sir. You wouldn't believe the lack of goodness in the world. People been speeding in the nearest puddle as soon as they see me. Surprised there's any much left on the road now. And you know what, lad? When I saw you standing there with your big old sausage legs there, those whopping great big bags of meat, those jelly wellies you have, I was thinking of doing the same. Get walking, I thought to myself. Then I caught a glimpse of my own legs. Toby hadn't noticed them yet. He let his eyes glide down to see what the big deal was. When I saw my own, I realised we're brothers in the same fight. They stared at one another's legs and said, Lovely life. Well, you are. I was a wedge man too, you know. You don't say. The driver's legs were twice the size of Toby's. Great big suitcases full of fat. Got out while you could, you did. Still got the mobility in your legs. Not I, though. Wedged into the couch for months. Now I gotta have me this special steering wheel for the stop and starting and all the changing of the keys. Toby looked at his own legs. Hey, legs. Hear that? Should be more grateful. The driver looked at him as if he'd just released a whiffy aroma into the cabin. Talking to your legs now. Gotta keep them all geared up. Don't want them ending up like yours now. Oh, right you are, right you are. Name's Flanagan, by the way. Toby. The two men fell silent for a while, following their intense introduction. Both stared out the windscreen, watching the white lines of the motorway whip away beneath them. It was only now that Toby had really stopped to think about his quest. He'd been so caught up in his emotions that the logic of it all was never really in question. What was he going to do when he found Jennifer? Would lovely life let her leave her position of employment? How much notice would she have to give? God, he missed her. This was the longest he'd been without chatting to her for two months. He opened his rucksack and stared at his tut, the tut she'd recommended. A game called Loopy, where you flick a ball from one end of a tube to another. It was simply a glorified U-bend. A Hawaii chair. A rotating plate to sit on while you work, swivelling your buttocks for you. An avocado slicer. To open, de-stone and slice the avocado. Why couldn't you just use a knife? But Jennifer had recommended these things, so they must have some value, he thought. Don't you ever think about your lovely life, lass, he piped up eventually. Flanagan took a while to respond. Because I do think about my Jennifer. Toys a fella, actually. Bloody hell, fair enough, no judgments here. Was a feckin' shock to me, too. I thought I was into the lasses. Big knockers and the big bottoms bursting out of the underpants and all that malarkey. Then when I got the subscription, there was a fella there, on the screen, in the audio box. I thought, oh no, they've fecked this one up. 
I called up to complain and they told me there was some sort of algorithm made all the decisions and then they just give this fella a chance and you know, they were right. So in answer to your question, yes, I do think about him. Every night, Winston was the name. Oh, bloody hell, I'm going to find mine. You what? I'm going to find my Jennifer. Alas, they chose for me, my Jennifer. I'm off to lovely life at office. He held his arm out to show Flanagan the address, exposing the bloody mess he'd gouged out due to a lack of a writing implement. Flanagan was so aghast that he veered onto the hard shoulder. Honk, 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 when the car's behind him, and he returned himself to the motorway. You're a feckin' nutshop, you know that. That's love, that is. And what happens when there's no pins about? Your arm's one thing, but going to lovely life, something tells me that's a bad idea. That's love, Flanagan. No good idea ever come from love. That's feckin' bollocks, man, and you'll know it. What do you think you're gonna do when you get there? Walk up to the reception and say, I'd like to speak to my Jennifer, please. She's a wee lassie on my telly and I'd like to take her home. Oh, feck off, man. Frankly, Flanagan, you clearly haven't been affected by your Winston in the same way I have. I don't think it's fair for you to come along and tell me how I should be feeling. Perhaps your algorithm didn't work as well for you. Perhaps you couldn't find anyone at Lovely Life that fitted your specifications that well. Flanagan took a deep breath. Your words, Toby, they hurt me, and it's just as well we're coming up to your stop. This is as far as I'll take you. Can't take me to Shoreditch. I mean a fucking lorry. And frankly, I don't have the inclination. I'll drop you at Enfield and now you can sort yourself out from there. Toby gathered his things together and climbed down from the cabin. Well, I'm sorry I've offended you. I didn't mean nothing by it. Very well. As Toby went to shut the door behind him, Flanagan called out, Good luck. If you see Winston, tell him Flanagan says hi. Toby gave him a reassuring look, tightened his lips and nodded. He shut the door and onwards he walked. That was an emotional one. I was planning on stopping, uh, you know, halfway through to readjust, get my bearings. Well, not get my bearings, let you get your bearings. But I just couldn't stop. And it's uh, it was almost like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the film Lock with Tom Hardy and um, just Tom Hardy, actually. Well, there's other people's voices. But, yeah. It's like that film, because it's just people in a car for the whole way, except this is just like a thousand words, and that's 90 minutes. But still, it's, you, you, you're going on an emotional journey. The two men have shared a lot on that. I don't know how long the journey is from Todmorden to um, Enfield, but I'm guessing five hours. And two men, well, you could say repressed men, they've... They've opened up, and we're opened 
Well, I opened a little bit into um, the way that the business of Lovely Life works with their algorithm. And it's quite weird that... So Flanagan, well, he didn't know that his uh, perfect voice assistant was a man. But uh, Lovely Life, no. Bit creepy. Bit creepy, isn't it? So we'll hear more from that next week. So I got on the bus the other day, mask on, don't worry, and this really weird thing happened. The The guy behind me, he's got his headphones on, and he's like singing along to his music, but just, just the guitar bit. So I can hear him, so I turn around and give him this look, but you know, he does absolutely nothing. I mean, it's not that weird so far, but wait wait a second. So we keep going, and then the bus stops and more people get on, including this one guy who's got also got his headphones on, and he sits down, and he's singing along to his music. But like, but he's just singing along to, he's just singing the drum bit of his music. And so, of course, I'm pissed off. But, do you know what's weird? It's exactly in time with the guitar part of the other guy's music. So, it's slightly weird so far. It could be a coincidence, but it's definitely a bit weird. And then the bus keeps going, and then somebody comes down from the top deck, sits right next to me, and he's got headphones on, and he's singing the bass part of the same tune, exactly in the same time. Now I like. Of course, I'm thinking, right, this is a hidden camera thing. Like, I'm looking around, where are the cameras? I can't see any. But I'm being pranked. The prank patrol, the punked people, someone's out to get me. So I think there's only one way to get them back. Instead of getting pissed off, I've got to join it. So I plucked up some courage, I opened my mouth and sang. Yeah, I'm on the bus with people. And then the bus stops, puts his brakes on, and they all got off. Everyone stopped singing, they all got off. Not just the people, not just the, the music people, every single person on the bus. People swarmed off the top deck, they come downstairs, people on the bottom floor, they come down and they all got off, leaving me alone on the bus. Wow. Screw them, I thought. Shouldn't be singing along to music anyway. So, a few months ago, during lockdown, I saw this advert for some 24-hour trousers. It was on Instagram. And that that would catch your eye, they wouldn't it? These 24-hour trousers. Most trousers, you know, 8 to 12-hour trousers, I'd say. I mean, you don't usually judge or name a pair of trousers by the length of time you're wearing for, but 12 hours. Some trousers are only a couple of hours, like bowls trousers. 
But these were 24-hour trousers. Um, and over lockdown, I bought three things off Instagram. So I was thinking these companies are you know, pulling all kinds of favours to get on my Instagram timeline. And lucky enough for the 24-hour trousers, they ended up there. And I was interested. I watched uh, a video of a beautiful man wearing the trousers all day and all night. And apparently they look and feel just as sleek whatever time of day you wear them. You can go to bed in them, wake up, go to work, same trousers. Fancy a drink after work, same trousers. Can't afford the bus home, run home in the same bloody trousers. Three trousers for the price of one, they said. Although they cost over £100. So, well, it's more like three trousers for the price of three. But time is money and I'll never have to change trousers again. And there was a countdown timer that said the deal ends in like 16 hours and something. And I didn't know which deal they were on about, but didn't want to miss it. So I bought the trousers and I put them on at 6am and they hugged my thighs like a tub of warm margarine. I didn't want to take them off. I ran to work in the trousers. While I scanned some files, because that's what I do. I'm a doc buster, more on that another time. But yeah, I scanned some files at work and I was doing some lunges. Because I could. I tried lunges in a previous job and... Well, there's a reason I don't work there anymore. Sure enough, post-work, Richard suggests going for a drink. I wouldn't usually go with Richard because... Last time I went, I was the only one that said yes, and it was, well, it was bloody boring. Just me and Richard comparing the calorie to pound ratio on the Weatherspoons menu. But I had these trousers to test out to find out if they really were 24-hour trousers. So there were three of us this time. Richard had roped in the new fella. I was him last time, duped. But, uh, yeah, soon enough, these trousers were getting me a lot of attention. People were saying things like, nice trousers, and how long have you been wearing them? Sitting 6am, I replied. And they looked at me with a face that I think was jealousy. Anyway, after a few pints, I suddenly needed the toilet. I excused myself and took myself to the Weatherspoon's toilets. It wasn't a wee. I'd done a wee earlier. I'd done a few wees earlier. It was actually 8pm, so I had to do a few, but I just did it through the fly, unzip your fly. Uh, But this was a poo that I needed. A different ball game entirely, because when I went to unbutton the trousers, it wouldn't release. I was really squirming, and like knocking the doors of the the cubicle i think it was causing a bit of worry for the people on the outside but you know i was so eventually well it was causing me some real distress because you know when you like tense some parts of you and then you accidentally end up tensing other parts bad parts well well that was happening so yeah i basically need the toilet So I told Richard and the new guy that I had to be off and I walked home pretty swiftly. I couldn't run because of the impending issue. Well, 
So I got to mine, and I had to do something about it. I'd been in the trousers for 15 hours now. I tried getting them off again, but nothing. Would my bottom ever see the sun again? I went into the kitchen and got a knife and I held the seam at the ankle and prodded it with the knife. I was trying to cut the leg open with this knife. And then I thought, maybe these trousers need a sense of surprise, like a limpet. So I, I turned away from the trousers, turned away, and then turned back. And I missed the trousers, stabbed myself in the ankle with the bloody knife. Well, the knife wasn't... Well, the knife was bloody after I stabbed myself in the ankle. Now the night had taken a bit of a sour turn. I was in a predicament before, and now I was a double predicament. I was never going to go for a drink with Richard again. But they were called 24-hour trousers after all, and I'd only had them on for 16 hours now. I just... Did they really honestly want me to wait until 6am to take the trousers off? Does any, I, I just, well, I couldn't understand it, basically. Who, who lives like that? How can you... It's a weird system, but, you know, it's what I'd ordered. They called 24-hour trousers. Could I really complain? Luckily enough, I hadn't needed the poo all day until now. I guess they must have a different system for the ladies' model. Perhaps a, a bum flap or something like that. But I considered writing a strongly worded review. But then I realised I didn't have a leg to stand on. Given my wounded ankle and all that. No, actually, because, yeah, they're called 24-hour trousers. So I should at least wait 24 hours to be able to give them a proper review. So... I set my alarm for 5.55 and drifted off asleep. And then I woke up. Alarm went off, 5.55. I woke up, tried to unbutton the trousers. But I couldn't, because it was still 5.55. And then at 6, they just popped open. It's very strange. It's popped open. And so, yeah... Tore them off, threw them across the room, and, well, I'm not going to go into details about how I resolved the earlier issue, but the trousers stank. And, well, all I could bring myself to do at this point was write a little comment on their Instagram picture. I said, officially, there is nothing wrong with these trousers, but I would not wear them again. So... Yeah, it was a very strange thing that happened to me over lockdown. I know a lot of, I mean, people have been doing some weird things uh, and getting into different hobbies, but I wouldn't say that's a hobby of mine, but it's definitely experience. Definitely, people have been complaining that each day blurs into the other, but that is a day I'll remember for a long time. A day that I'd like to forget. That's all the 
that's all the stories we have for this week. But I'll tell you two things before we leave. So my podcast jacket, which I'm not wearing at the moment, my winter pink, my long pink jacket. I said the other week, I don't know if I'd ever wear it out of the house. And then the next day, I did. I live right next to a park and I thought, who cares? I do it on holiday, so why not do it here? So I put this pink jacket on and, yeah, just took a walk around the park because, you know, it's freeing. Especially because I had nothing on underneath. No. It's because it's, well, certainly eye-catching. And I certainly caught a few eyes. My main worry is that it would get robbed or it would attract the attention of robbers. But neither of those things happened. I think two separate groups were chuckling at me from afar. But I was warm. And I was liberated. So there's a uh, lesson for you. If you worry about looking a fool, don't. And the next thing is, um, yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, watch um, The Trial of the Chicago 7. I have been going on about it. I think I probably annoyed a lot of people, the amount I keep talking about this film. It's... Well, if you know films, you know Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin, come on, West Wing, Social Network, Few Good Men, um, All the Good Ones. What's that? So many. Oh, The Newsroom. You know, you're Aaron Sorkin. You know, quick fire, quick talking. That's what we like. And he he knows how to make a courtroom drama and oh this film is good it really you know made me want to be a hippie a bit because Sasha Baron Cohen plays uh, this guy Abby Hoffman who's like leader of the uh, the yippies they're all seven different uh, people they go go to protest um, the Vietnam War older people might, I don't know how many older listeners I've got, but they might remember this happening, 1969 or 68, something like that, 69 I believe, well, yeah, they all go to protest the Vietnam War at the Democratic National Convention in Chicago, and then they get put on trial for inciting a riot, and I mean the whole film's like about, um, well so you've got You've got your Abby Hoffman and uh, Jerry Rubin, I think his name is, played by Sasha Baron Cohen and Jeremy Strong. And they're like, they're the hippie kind of guys. They're all about revolution and radical stuff and, yeah, anti-authority. And they're the cool dudes. But then you've got Eddie Redmayne and some other student folk who are like the square little nerds who are more about doing things by, you know, democratic means and uh, being all, you know, doing the right thing, which is, you know, respectable. But they're not the cool dudes. And then, um, yeah, so it's, the whole film is it's just, there's an internal debate as to 
which is the right attitude to take. But oh, it really hooked me. And I, it's been a while since I've seen a film when I've just come out and feel like they're all riled up and radical. And I thought, oh, I'd want to be one of the. I want to be involved in something like that. But the closest thing to that at the moment is Extinction Rebellion, but it just doesn't have the same, you know, pizzazz to it. It's not as, uh, I don't know. I'm all about campaigning for climate change. There's something about anti-war protests that are just a bit more reluctant to say cool, but I will. So, yeah, if you haven't seen that film yet, I really recommend watching The Trial of the Chicago 7. There was, well, some people have described them as the Chicago 8 because one of the Black Panthers was included in it, but that's covered in the film. I won't go into that. It's a very interesting bit. So, yeah, I'm going to start posting some more blog stuff. Um, If you haven't got enough of my, you know, everyday ramblings from the podcast alone uh you can catch them on the uh on the boon blog which is at theboondoggle.co.uk the instagram is theboondogglepod and the twitter is alexboondoggle all different things on the socials so don't at me about my managing my um social media presence because I'm doing it my way and in the future they'll say how the hell did you get so big with each with different names for all of your social media profiles and I'll tell them through sheer persistence and courage and on that note I will say goodbye I will say see you later boondoggers and keep on boondogging. Guten bye. Au revoir. And I know the ACDC guys, and they're loud. Have you seen them live? Oh, baby. Oh, baby. I know the ACDC. Oh, 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 I know the ACDC.
ACDC guys, and they're loud. Have you seen them live? Oh, baby.